Decidedly Dry. I'm your host, Jess Steitzer. This is a sober podcast where we actually focus on the good. Amazing, right? We spark inspiration. We try to provide some hope and we help motivate you. I promise to always keep it real, provide some dry humor, and remind you every single episode why sobriety is truly a superpower. If you'd like to learn more about the show or make a donation, just head on over to decidedlydry.com. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am so glad that you are here. Today, I have another wonderful guest. I am interviewing Lori. Lori is a mom of two girls. She is a Sober Mom Squad member and host, and she's fabulous. I mean, she is someone that I could have talked to for hours. I know I say that about a lot of my guests, but it's true. (laughs) Um, The thing that I really love about our conversation, which you're going to hear here in, oh gosh, 20 seconds, um, (laughs) is that we really touch on what happens After we hit that year mark of sobriety, I think for a lot of us, I'm going to go out on a limb, whim, is it limb or whim? I think it's both. Anyways, I'm going to be bold and say (laughs) that I think a lot of us, when we hit that year mark, think we'll be cured. Like, oh, if I can make it a year, I'm not going to think about drinking anymore. And unfortunately, it just, it's not true. It's something you constantly have to work on. Now, I am going to tell you it gets easier and you can do it and you will not regret it, but it is something you have to work on. Now, where was I going with all this? I was going to tell you that Lori and I talk a lot about what happens after that year mark. We talk about what we've accomplished, um, things that she's doing, things that she's looking forward to. Again, that is what this podcast is about, is focusing on the good. So I hope you enjoy this. Thanks again for Push and Play. Here's Lori. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jess with Decidedly Dry. And today I have Lori here as our guest. Hi, Lori. Hi, how are you? I am doing great. I'm so excited to interview you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. So I am going to just dive right in and have you share a little bit about yourself. So if you can just introduce yourself to the listeners you know, tell them who you are, if you have kids, where you live, your job, all that good stuff. Sure. So um, my name is Lori Seifert and I live in Maryland um, with my husband and two daughters. Um, They are 11 and six and I have a crazy Labrador who acts like my third child all the time. Um, (laughs) I'm originally from New Jersey, but I'm a Maryland transplant. I've been here a long time now since 2005. So I don't know when I'm going to start to embrace the Maryland crabs, maybe eventually, (laughs) but, um, I still feel like I'm a Jersey girl at heart. So, um, but you know, East coast born and raised and, um, you know, I've met, um, Jess, you and, and a bunch of other women through, um, my recent, um, experience within the sober mom squad. Um, so just a little bit about my background, I guess. Um, I decided during the pandemic that drinking was no longer working for me. Um, and I, you know, just was at a point where I just felt like there was something else there. I I knew that there was something else there. i just kept coming back to, there has to be something more than this, right? It was just, um, just wasn't serving me. I was in a place that was, um, pretty dark and pretty overwhelming. And, um, you know, I've struggled on and off with anxiety and depression throughout my adult life. Um, certainly after the birth of my two children, 
And, um, you know, I never really looked at some of the, the larger emotional aspect of that, um, the issues that go mm-hmm. along with that. And I do know now looking back that, you know, drinking alcohol in any form was definitely um, contributing to that, not helping me um, get out of that place emotionally. So I came to a point in September of 2020 and I just was like, I gotta, I gotta do something different. Let's change it up. Right. Yeah. So, um, I just, I remember it was actually the last presidential debate, I feel like, or maybe it was the second to last. I don't remember. It was one of the debates I was sitting there. I was overwhelmed with COVID. I was overwhelmed with the, you know, the election and all of this stuff. And I was just, you know, drinking my wine and just was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, what am I doing? This is just miserable. You know, it wasn't even a celebratory um, activity for me anymore. It just was a very isolating, um, you know, needing to numb out from the world and all of the noise in the world um, activity. And it just, it got to a point where I was like, this is just not going to work. So, um, you know, I just moved on from there. I mean, I really did sort of stop cold Turkey, which I know is not um, for everybody, but you know, I wasn't, um, you know, a daily, daily drinker, I was definitely drinking more than I needed to, but I, you know, I didn't have a physical dependency to it. Like, like some people do, and they have to be mindful about how they stop. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was able to just kind of stop completely and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. And, um, I started to read some, um, you know, articles and books that, that women were recommending. I found sober mom squad pretty quickly after that. And that was sort of just forming, I think it formed Mm -hmm. that summer, um, but it was starting to grow. And I found that group and was like, oh my gosh, there are moms like me that <laughs> want to pursue this lifestyle and want to talk right. about it and want to look at the, like you, you're saying the good of what can come out of it. Um, and yeah. that was just so amazing to me to be able to stumble upon something that was just, um, you know, really encouraging me on this path. And I've stayed there since. So I'm 18 months sober now. Um, and it's really been uh, an amazing journey. And I honestly can't imagine doing anything else at this point. Um, you know, it's like, I went to college and we all did our binge drinking and I did the mommy wine thing. And, you know, I've, I've been there, done that. And now I'm at this place in my early forties where I'm just, I'm ready to just be done and see what else out, you know, is out there. Right. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, so much good stuff, Lori. I mean, I love number one, incredible that you could do it just cold Turkey. I mean, I think that is amazing and rare. And so it shows how strong you are and that you just had that moment of, no, like this, this isn't showing up the way I want it to. And something's got to change. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say like, I dabbled a little bit in the sober curious mm-hmm. prior to that point. Um, you know, it was like the spring of 2020, maybe like summer of 2019, like there were, you know, I, I went a couple of weeks and was like, Oh, wow, I feel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Isn't I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I forgot about it. And then I went back to it. And then I was like, Oh, I don't feel great again. You know, but right. it did take a couple of times, um, you know, for me, I think to recognize the changes in my physical and emotional body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't really pursuing it mindfully then. I think I was just curious, like everybody sure. says. And And, you know, the sober curious movement and what it's become is actually really interesting to me because I think so many of us and a lot of us are women are definitely just open to the possibility of Mm -hmm. something else. And I think it's so hard with like our mainstream culture about how we're supposed to be doing things, how we're supposed to be a mom juggling all the balls all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, we can't function without some outlet and the alcohol is just the easy outlet. Um, and for me, that's kind of what kept me in that track. But like, again, I, I kept thinking and, and knowing that like, 
there's got to be a different way to do this and mm-hmm. to enjoy parenthood and enjoy my kids more. And, you know, not even my kids, but just enjoy the, the responsibility that is being a mother or a parent. Right. Um, because, you know, you're, you feel that when they're first born and you go through those like infant and toddler struggles, but then it's like, then what, you know, like then sure. you're just doing the grind and it's yeah. like, sometimes you forget to look up. Yeah. I think you're just, you know, it's like, I don't know, one point pre-pandemic, we had like five activities every night of the week after school, pick up from school, shove in Chick-fil-A, go to ballet, go to basketball, go to whatever. And it was just so miserable. And I was like, you know, why are we doing this? Like, I don't even know that my kids like doing it. And then I would come home and put them in bed really exhausted and have a glass of wine because that's all I could deal with. Like my brain couldn't think of anything else that night, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the pandemic forced me personally to stop that. And a lot of us, because our schedules changed. Right. Um, And it was actually a really nice pause to just kind of say, okay, let's look at this as a larger, um, you know, schematic and say, do I want to even be, where do I want to be in here? Like where, you know, what path do I want to be taking? Because none of it's forced, but I think we think it is. (laughs) We think it is. Exactly. Exactly. And I had the same kind of awakening in Mm -hmm. the pandemic in, you know, I mean, I know it wasn't this way for everyone, but it was, it was a wake up call where it was like, I don't have to do all the things. Mm -hmm. I don't need to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I love how you phrased it, you know, look up, like let's look up and pause for a minute and remember what truly is important. Where do I want to spend my time? Who do I want to spend it with? Mm -hmm. And I think that that really opened my eyes and sobriety has done the same thing. I don't know if you felt that way in sobriety. Oh, 100%. And even more so. Like, I think this initial look up, wake up moment was, you know, just the beginning. And then it was like, once I started taking steps forward, that's opened up this whole other thing, which is where I'm at now. And I'm trying to figure out what this is and what I want to do with it. And it's so exciting. And I don't feel burdened anymore. Like before Mm -hmm. it was like, I knew there was something there, but I was so physically, emotionally weighted down with all of this stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that the alcohol was just keeping me in this, like, I don't know. I always say like, I I end up spiraling, right? Like Mm -hmm. I end up thinking and overthinking and I I see my options, but I never feel, um, equipped enough to take a step forward and choose one of those options. Um, and it's, you know, some of it's anxiety, some of it's a little OCD. Like I want to be perfect. I want to, you know, I don't want to make the wrong choice. So maybe it's better to not make one, which really it's not, you know, it's like, make any choice and step forward. And then if you need to adjust it, adjust it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really haven't in honestly, in my entire life been able to do that until really now I haven't felt, you know, secure enough in knowing who I am and what I want mm-hmm. to be able to do that until I've really, you know, stepped into this sobriety piece. Um, cause I think you just have a lot of self doubt and I think the alcohol keeps you in that place and, you know, it takes away your power. It really does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and power for a lot of us, I think is scary. Um, but it's also so amazing when you really step into it and you claim it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping some of this makes sense. It you. does. No, I'm sitting no. here nodding. Just, no one can I'm just, see, but no, I'm, like, I know. I'm just kind of like <laughs> spitballing with what's been in my head. And it's, it's really been amazing because I think I went through like a lot of my adult life, which includes some of it, motherhood, um, just really like doubting myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like doubting my ability to make conscious choices that I know are right for me. 
and, and constantly looking around. I think we're like almost groomed as women to like be looking around and like, see what your peers are doing Mm -hmm. and keep up with the Joneses. And, you know, like I definitely fell into that trap and I don't even, I don't want to put blame on that because I think I just wasn't really ready to acknowledge it. You know, looking back in any perspective, you have that to say like, oh, okay. I just, I wasn't there yet. I wasn't ready to look at it in this larger perspective. It just was narrow lanes and that's where I was and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think when you're approaching that point, when you're like, there's a different path, like I want to choose something else for myself and certainly for my kids. That's what's really, for me, what's really come into it is I don't want my girls to have to slog through decades of just that emotional you know, insecurity and all of this stuff. Like I've done it, I've done it for them. So they don't have to do it. So, um, I know you have boys, so I'm curious if you have a different or maybe similar perspective on, you know, how like all of this will hopefully affect and, you know, impact our kids and see us working through it. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I think, I mean, mine are eight and nine, so younger, younger, but at the same time, I mean, as we know, kids see everything. I mean, they pick up on all of it, you know, and I've had to be really careful to be honest because, you know, they know that mommy doesn't drink. Mommy wants to be healthy and take care of herself and, and she's much better, you know, much happier and joyful and all the things, you know, and I talk about that with them because I want them to be aware. Um, But the, the, the hard thing is, is, is dad does drink. And I mean, not, not problematic, but he does. And so that has been kind of a fine line of like trying not to paint him in, you know, the wrong light, if that makes sense. You know, I don't want them to be like, oh, dad, (laughs) you know, I mean, sometimes it's great, but it has been interesting. And I'll be, I'll be curious to see what they decide to do in the future. I Mm -hmm. just, I love, and I'm grateful that we are showing options. Yes, I agree. Alcohol is not always the answer. We Mm -hmm. can cope. We can celebrate. We can be sad without alcohol. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be the answer to everything. So I agree. I agree. We'll see. And it's, I mean, it's interesting to me, like, and you know, you and I are similar in age, I think. So it's like, for me, like the whole college experience was so just drenched in like binge drinking, right? It was late nineties, early two thousands. And like, that's just what teen, like late teens and early twenties, that's what we were doing. And it's like, that's what everybody was doing. Like, I didn't have a different perspective, um, to know that I had a different choice then. And it's funny because I look back and I think about my college experience and the friends that I had at the time and the activities I chose to do when I was there at the time. And it's like, if I had a sliver of this perspective, I would have chosen things very differently, you know, and it's, it's not to write that experience off because it is what it is. And, um, you know, I certainly, I I developed into the person I am today from the things and the people that I was surrounding myself with them, but it's also just super interesting to me. Like I am so not a sorority person. I never would have chosen that had I known like what the emotional angst was like, Oh, tied up with that. And just all of the, it was just nonsense, right? It's just like, it's such noise that you're just in it and you're just dealing with it because it seems like everyone else is in a small, for me, it was a small liberal arts college. And really that's what we did. It was drink. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot much else going on in the community around the school. Um, But I just, I wonder, you know, it's like, I wonder if I had chosen a different type of school. um, And if I had, you know, different friends, I think who were maybe pushing the envelope a little bit more at the time and weren't mainstream, like, 
-hmm. I think we would have gotten into some really interesting things and Mm -hmm. done different activities and traveled and met different people. And, you know, it, it wouldn't have been so like, in a box, you know, we're in a sorority, we drink and that's what we do. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, go, mine was go to the, the same way. House. Like that's all it was. And like, <laughs> I was so unhappy then. And, it, you know, I really, really struggled a lot. And it's like, now it's like the light bulb moment of like, oh my gosh, it was so against me and my soul purpose and mm-hmm. my everything, my being. Right. Um, but when you're 19, you know, 20 years old, you don't really know what that is yet. You a lot, of, a lot of us. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I just, I want to make sure that my kids know that there are alternatives to that. You know, there's yep. great, there's great schools that are small liberal arts colleges. I'm not knocking that, but you know, you don't have to fall into that Greek life um, community. If you are thinking that you would be more comfortable somewhere else. And yeah. I know for sure I would have been, you know, had I selected that, but yeah. Um, and you nailed it though. I mean, the thing is, is if we didn't go through what we went through, those experiences, those relationships, mm-hmm. all the things, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah. But it is interesting to think back and be like, wow, like we mm-hmm. really did have those blinders on, you know, I mean, the same with mommy, mommy wine culture. Oh, I mean, totally. once again, we are doing exactly what we thought everyone else was doing. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. so much good stuff, Lori. Um, well, one thing we haven't talked about is you're a writer. You're a great writer and so, <laughs> I think you are, I'm going to label you as that because I have read your article and I am moved by your words. And you had mentioned before we started that you had a piece that you had found, correct? I did. I found something that I just wrote in a journal and no one's ever listened to it. I, I wrote it quickly and moved on, but I found it and I thought maybe I would read part of it because it was right before I started this journey for real. You know, like it was right before I decided to really um, commit to this. And it's interesting for me to now look at it and just sort of see, like, I was really on the cusp of something Uh and I didn't know what it was, but it's exciting. So um, I'm happy to read that. But disclaimer, so (laughs) this whole writer thing, like, so my background is actually science writing. So I write K to 12 curricula for science publishers. Um, I've only started to dabble in like lifestyle slash parenting writing in the last like year and a half. Like truly I had like a writer's block from anything for probably a decade, Um, you know, parenting related. Like I became a mom and, you know, 2010 and I felt like I didn't do, I didn't have anything left in my brain to create because I think I was so busy with everyday parenting sure. and, you know, all the consuming thoughts about, is my kid okay? And what are we doing next? And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, what milestone are you on? All that stuff. But it's funny because when I removed um, alcohol, it was like the gates opened and I had all of this stuff that I wanted to talk about and write about. And it was just amazing how easy it was flowing out versus sitting there and thinking like, why do I feel like I have so much to say, but I don't even know what it is and I can't get it out, you know? Right. So that's been really cool. Um, yeah. I wrote that article for parents magazine recently about, you know, my experience with sobriety. Um, and, um, that was, you know, just, I I can't, I still can't believe that that happened honestly, because I've written a few things about sobriety and I've put them in smaller things or I've read them on a sober mom squad meeting, but it hasn't been anywhere else. Um, so that really, it's still pretty wild that that actually made it somewhere significant. (laughs) So cool. It's so (laughs) cool. um, But yeah, I'm happy to read this if you want. I can just love to. Yes, please. All right. So this was, um, Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. So pandemic happening and, you know, me thinking like definitely something needs to change. Okay. 
Truth be known, parenting is not supposed to be like this. It's like I don't have the words to even describe it. It's just a feeling, a knowing. Parents should not have to keep their kids under quarantine. Children should not know the word, let alone be under a state order to stay at home, away from their friends, out of school for fear of an invisible killer. Children, my children, should not be afraid of socializing, of doing normal things. As I write this five months into this, March, April, May, June, July, I don't even know anymore. This whole lead with your heart and not with your head, with love, not with fear. I mean, I get the idea, but is it true? I just want the truth. I'm seeking the truth in everything, in everyone, and I'm constantly finding myself disappointed. Are things really not genuine or authentic anymore? Are people really that selfish, or am I just so much of an empath that it's hard for me to relate? Um, hold on. Then I go into masks, which I won't talk about right now. (laughs) I'm questioning it and my choices daily. I'm stressed. I'm confused. I'm exhausted. I'm restless and angry. Most days. I just don't get how others are annoyed that they're limited in activities and they're otherwise fine. This makes me question everything. What is even real anymore? And what is true? How can I tell? And how long will this last? Um, and then I kind of, you know, I sketched a couple of things and I, I wrote a few other little quotes, but I remember this moment. I was at my parents' beach house and it was late at night and my kids were sleeping. My parents were sleeping and it was quiet outside. And I actually do my best thinking and writing when it's like the middle of the night, because it's just like, I feel like I can hear myself think then. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember writing this and just being like, "This, this is not what I want. Like, this is not what, you know, I'm here to do. This is not how I want my kids to um, to be living their life. And of course I didn't have any control over the pandemic and the masks and school. And and my kids actually were out of school for a full year. They never went to school. It was all virtual. And this was like me basically stressing over that happening within a couple of weeks, you know, because that was a big change for my, you know, myself and my kids and our family, um, structure, everything. But I remember this moment. And I think this was really like the beginning to the end. Like I said, it was the end of September when I really committed to it but my brain was already there. Like I just, I was really like, let's flip it. Like, let's do something different. And that's been so empowering, I think. And and of all the women, um, you know, you being one of them, Jess, like that I've met with in Sober Mom Squad who, you know, we kind of all have the same thread where it's like, we're really wanting to take a step towards something radical and something Mm -hmm. different. That's like going to change our structure of our family and our lineage. And, you know, generationally, like we want to like, change that. Like we want to be the catalyst, which is so amazing. It's so amazing. And it's like, I never thought that it would be me, right? Like I was always that person that was growing up and I was shy and I was insecure. And like I said before, not as like self-aware. And I kind of just went along with the crowd. Like I didn't think that I was the change maker within my lineage, but like, I see it so clearly now. And like, that's so freaking awesome. It's so, so awesome. Yeah. And it's empowering. And, oh, totally. And scary, you know? Oh, I mean, I think it's terrifying. It's, it's terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> and, you know, you've said it in, in a meeting, and I love now that you're hosting a new meeting for the year plus members on Sober mm-hmm. Mom Squad, because I think, I don't know if it was the same for you, but when I hit a year, it was a bundle of emotions. You know, Mm -hmm. it was on one hand, like, oh, I'm cured. I made it (laughs) You know, for some reason about that year mark. But on the other hand, it was terrifying because it was Mm -hmm. like, well, now what, what do I do now? Like, I want to, I have all these ideas, you know, what's my, my big thing? What's my calling? How do I help Mm -hmm. more? How do I serve? 
do I need to do all that? And just all the questions became overwhelming, but exciting. And I don't know if you kind of felt that way too. Oh, totally. I felt like that. Exactly. And I remember like the thing that was really fun for me um, during the first year was like, I actually had a great time with the counting the days and counting the months. Like I truly have never stuck with anything ever in my life long enough to see an outcome like this. I usually like, let's start South beach diet or let's start beach body <laughs> or let's, you know, like I'm great at starting and I'm great Same. at looking at my options, but actually like getting through the hard parts and completing it. I don't have a great track record. With that. Same hundred so, percent. Yeah. So it's like to actually go through that process and get to the end was just like, I felt like I like won the level of the video game or something like, totally. I just like oh, this is amazing. Like, what's my prize? What do I do next? Where's level two? Like I really <laughs> truly was like, I just was in that mode of like, I'm playing this game and I have to win. Yeah. And that kept me, you know, it kept me going and it kept me focused, which was awesome. But I do think that at the year mark, it really changes. I don't, th- I think that a lot of women that I've talked to anyway, like, and they feel similarly, I just, I think it becomes less about counting the day and more about what other things do I want to be spending my time on? Because, right. you know, for me too, like I was kind of tired, um, about thinking about it. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. when you're in it and you're doing it, it's fine. But then you kind of reach a point you're like, okay, like I've saturated my thoughts with this for a year. I know I'm not going to choose that activity again. So how do I want to fill my time? And what do I want to do to make sure that I'm keeping myself, you know, going obviously, but I don't need to talk about it every day. I don't really want to talk about it every day. Um, Maybe that's harder for you because you do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I have no uh, choice. No, (laughs) I'm kidding. I mean, that's for me. Like I wrote a couple articles and I feel like in doing that, it's really helped me process everything. And there's definitely a lot of healing that comes in the creativity Mm -hmm. of, you know, producing something, either a podcast or an article or whatever artwork, like the production of something I think is helpful and it keeps you going and also, but it also like resolves something. Like, so for me, I felt like it's been resolved. And so now what am I going to do next? Like you Mm -hmm. said, like, how am I going to serve? How am I going to, you know, help other women in the community if I choose to do that? Um, and what else is out there for me? So I'm definitely at that place and I'm looking at, um, you know, a couple different things, but just, you know, it's, it's definitely helped me with overall, I think health and I'm focusing more on, movement. And I mentioned in a meeting actually earlier this morning, um, I've been pursuing acupuncture to help just balance, I think, energy levels in general that have been really out of whack for a Mm -hmm. while, Um, like years, you know, like I've, I think I've just haven't addressed some things within my own physical body for a while. So I'm doing that now. Um, And, you know, I want to travel, I want to do different things with my kids that I think I feel more confident to do now. Like, I think I was maybe doubting my ability to do some of those things prior to, you know, this place. And now I'm like, Nope, let's do it. Put it on the list. Yeah. 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 So there's definitely more of a like action based stepping forward, um, which is scary for me because like I said, I like to be cautious. I like to know my options. I like to make the right choice, but there's something also like it's super empowering. And there's also growth within that space of like taking the risk and you can be mindful about the risks, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, especially with kids involved, but doing different things and showing them and myself that like, I can do this and we can live a bold and exciting and, you know, fulfilled life as a family. And as your mom, like I can be fun and I can be exciting and I don't have yeah. to just be the mom that's at home, 
tired and folding laundry and driving you to ballet and Chick-fil-A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So, and the yeah. word that came to mind when you said all of that was trust, mm-hmm. you know, you can trust yourself now. Like yeah. I know that I can show up and I can handle this and I can take that vacation and know that I'm there to protect them and have fun and do mm-hmm. all the things and not have that lingering, you know, right. Alcohol's not, not invited anymore. So right. you can right. just trust and enjoy and, and take that chance, you know, which yeah, is fun. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so many good things. So I did have one question that came up when you were talking. So I loved that you said that first year, you know, it was counting the days and having fun mm-hmm. and trying to achieve that goal. I loved that. That was my year too, where it was like, okay, that's it's just off the table. Like now right. we're just counting those days and we're getting closer and closer to that goal. Did you come to any point where you had to deal with triggers or anything? Did you have days that were off and you had to fight through? There were, yeah, there were a couple of times, um, not really in the beginning, I think because the beginning was so exciting for me to say like, well, I'm really doing this, you know, and I really was committed to, um, to doing it and to trying it wholeheartedly and not half-assing it, which is usually my MO. (laughs) Um, and finding, you know, SMS definitely helped me stay in that game and checking in with people and meeting new people. Like that was so thrilling initially to be like, wow, there's Mm -hmm. other friends that I can make during a pandemic when no one's going anywhere. And these women are awesome. And I feel like they would be my friends outside of this group, you know? Yeah. Um, so that definitely kept me going, but yeah, there were definitely a few times, like my cousin got married, <clears throat> excuse me. So at her wedding, that was like definitely a, a point where it was like in my face, you know, sure. and I had to make a choice, um, to, you know, to stay where I was, which I was planning to do, but nobody else was doing that. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. you know, weddings are usually, um, crazy. And my family was all partaking in, you know, the celebration part of it. And, um, I kind of was able to, to work around it because it was still kind of COVID time. So like, I didn't go to the bachelorette party because mm-hmm. I blamed COVID because I've got young kids who are unvaccinated, blah, blah, blah. But really, I think that would have been super awkward for me to be there with like, you know, they were, they're in their late twenties, early thirties. And it was basically a bachelorette booze fest all weekend. So right. I didn't want to put myself in that space, um, and be the, you know, 43 year old mom, like guys, that's <laughs> hey. enough. You know? <laughs> um, so I knew that that wasn't a good match, but like, yeah, that, and there was a family vacation. I think maybe you were on one of those calls. Um, I went on a family vacation with like 13 other people in one house and uh, yeah, drinking aside, that's too much for me. It's too I think much. I remember that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was very overwhelming. And but we've done this the last couple of years. And usually my way to escape is just to like, turn it off and have a couple glasses of wine or a margarita or whatever. And, you know, just forget that I'm in a space that's a little uncomfortable. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot going on. There's kids are noisy adults are whatever. Like it's just, it's a lot. Um, so that was harder for sure. I definitely had to make sure I was taking breaks. I was getting out. I was going on walks on the beach. I was, you know, I ended up taking the kids to the pool most afternoons just to have something to do because I knew that the adults were sitting on the beach drinking and, right. you know, they wanted a break from their kids. And I honestly was happy to not be doing that activity. And just, I, I took the kids and I handled it, you know, and that kept yeah. me busy. And I think they were appreciative that I took one for the team and was with the kids swimming, but also I got to stay true to what I wanted to do, which was focus on a family vacation and time with them and not be, you know, sitting on the beach, um, exactly. you know, drinking beer. So yeah, like that, those were two things I can think of that were definitely challenging. And, you know, and there's been other things like 
along the way, just emotional pieces where, you know, I, I feel things really, really deeply good and bad. Right. So it's like when there's the bad, like my escape usually was like, I need to be done with this feeling and to numb out. And Mm -hmm. that was um, a very easy way to do it. Um, you know, was to choose wine over exercise or reading a book or calling a friend or whatever for a while. That was my method. So there've been a couple of places along the way where if I was having a hard time, you know, I just, it was just a stark reminder of like, you know, I used to do it this way, but that didn't make me feel better. You know, it maybe paused it. It paused me having to deal with it, but I definitely didn't feel better. So like, let's choose something else. And such Um, good awareness. It sounds like, you know, just mm -hmm. being aware of no, no, no. Remember this, right. This solution was not, not productive in the past. Like this Mm -hmm. did not solve anything. It, Mm -hmm. it just like prolonged the healing or dealing with the emotion. So, right. So So true. Oh, good. So, I mean, it sounds like community was a big piece. I mean, finding like-minded people that were, Mm -hmm. you know, on the same journey as you. Definitely. I like that you pointed out like the bachelorette party, you know, I mean, yes, it was COVID time, but Mm -hmm. making sure that you say no to things that, you know, are going to be not good for your journey, you know, and be tempted. So I was the queen of saying yes forever. You know, like I always was like, I don't want them to feel bad. I don't want, you know, I don't want to create any drama. Like I'll just go and deal with it. And I did that for a long time with a lot of things. Um, and now I'm like, I, and something about turning 40 too. And I, I know a lot of my other friends agree with me on this. Like, we just don't want to do things that we don't want to do anymore. <laughs> you know, it's I like, know. <laughs> like, I'd rather you like be a little annoyed with me. I don't really care because I don't want to do it. You know, like I feel definitely um, more able to make that choice. Whereas before I would always hem and haw and be like, I don't know. I don't want to make anyone upset. Like I'll go. And then I would go and be miserable. Like. Yeah. Um, I'm just not going to do that anymore. And certainly if I have an excuse, um, or if, you know, I just know that it would not be a safe place for me to be or comfortable place for me to be like, I just, I'm definitely finding an alternative now. Um, and that's also like kind of the, the upside of the pandemic. I think it's allowed people a little bit more, um, maneuvering, if you Mm -hmm. will, like with some of the activities that we want to do, or we don't, we can kind of use that as an excuse. Um, just to, I don't know, make people feel better or make ourselves feel better, I guess. Absolutely. But, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You made me laugh when you said, you know, people around our age are just at that point where we're like, nah, you know, yeah, I, don't, no. I don't really want to do it anymore. Like <laughs> yeah. there was some TikTok. I can't believe I'm referencing this, but it was like this woman and it's like, she's got the F it bucket or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. she talks about like, you know, and now I'm 40 and hell yeah, I'm wearing the yeah. Birkenstocks. Like I yes. might have laughed about yes. them before, but no, they actually provide great support and I love them. So I don't exactly. care what you think. <laughs> I, I just took my pair off. So <laughs> oh, but I, hey, love it. I mean, I was wearing Birkenstocks when I was 16, going to Dave Matthews concerts with See. my hemp necklace on. So, right. you know, it's right. always been a staple for me, but yeah. I mean, you <laughs> know, I live in Oregon, people, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like I'm glad other people feel that they can embrace them now. So <laughs> exactly. Oh, this has been so good, Lori. Well, I just have a couple more questions and then I will let you get on with your day. But um, I would love to know kind of big or small, what were some of the immediate benefits you started seeing? And it could be anything. Once you removed that alcohol, what were things you started noticing? Was it sleep? Was it your mood? What was going on? Yeah, it was definitely sleep right away. Um, I noticed that I was sleeping like 
through the night and I wasn't waking up at 4am just sitting there saying, Oh my God, you know? Uh Um, and it's funny because for so long, I thought for me, it was like a blood sugar thing unrelated to the sugary wine that I drank. Like I thought I was like, yeah, like I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like I'm really sensitive to sugars. Like maybe I had too much, you know, dessert or whatever. I shouldn't have had that soda at dinner or something like that. And I would get up at 4am and I would go like have a bowl of cereal or something. Cause I felt, you know, when you feel, you wake up and you feel jittery. So I was like, okay, yeah. my blood sugar is low. Let me go get some cereal or milk or something to just to, to level it out. And then I'll be able to go back to sleep. Oh That's gosh. what I did for like years. Like, uh, no, it's not that <laughs> it's the alcohol being, you know, processed through your system. So oh, how um, funny. Yeah. So sleep, not funny, but no, but I mean, it's I can relate. Yeah. That, like, that was my, like, I truly thought that that was going on anyway. Um, yeah. So sleep for sure. And I felt like my skin changed immediately. Mm. Like I felt like pictures of me, my skin looked like bright and pink and clean and healthy and not just so like dull and dry and gross. Like that was one thing. Um, and then, I mean, my mood it's, it's, it's tricky. I I definitely think it affected my mood a lot. Right. Like I think it kept me in a very anxious place. I think my anxiety really lifted when I stopped drinking. I really am not anxious at all. I do still have, um, mostly associated with my monthly cycle depression. Mm. Um, and so I still address that separately from everything, but the anxiety piece really, I thought I struggled with for a long time, um, that lifted like pretty immediately afterwards. And that was amazing. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I don't know. My sweet tooth came back like really hardcore. Same. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. a good thing, but, um, but that again, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, I can, no, I can do this knowing that like, I'm getting a little bit of a, a little boost with my coffee, yeah. ice cream, and know that that's still a much healthier choice than several glasses of wine. You know, yeah. you can drive um, a car and yeah. you can wake up ready to do all the things. Right. And right. And I, it's not, I had you know, to it's not downing my whole body. Like the one thing I think right. that I didn't really look at it was from like an energetic perspective. And I have that, I'm thinking about that now that I've done a little bit of acupuncture I've done some reading about, um, energy healing in general is that like the, whatever, this is super out there, but like alcohol makes you have such a low vibration. It's such a negative, it's a, you know, it's a depressant. I mean, it it does do that. It brings everything in our body down lower than we want it to be. So I, I just felt that in my whole being, right? So when you lift that, you just feel so much lighter. You feel like my gosh, these are my systems in my body and they're supposed to be working this way. And they're not so weighted down um, because they're processing this toxic substance all the time. And they're busy doing that. So they can't even really function the way they're supposed to. Um, So that piece of it, definitely, I felt like, um, you know, it changed me. And that's that's actually like the driving factor, I feel like that I will not ever go back to because I just know, you know, how hard my systems were working against, you know, against that. And like, that's why I felt like shit all the time because it was like, you know, hello, like you're just, you're putting something in your body that it doesn't want there. And it's got to work really hard to process it out efficiently. And everything else basically goes on pause. So you can't possibly feel great. (laughs) No, And I don't think that's out there at all. Like I think there's these different chapters we get to where like Mm -hmm. now I'm kind of in the woo woo phase where I'm like, I need all the plants and crystals and let's study the moon and all the things. (laughs) If you, if you saw my bedside table right now, it's like overflowing with all of these like magical things and crystals and yeah. 
And I think that's a beautiful thing. I don't think it's out there. I don't think it's weird. I think it's just like, it's, how do I put it? It's just, you have hit this spot where you are open to all these things. Like you're welcoming all these gifts and and just aware. And, oh, I just, I think it's a beautiful thing. So I love that we all kind of hit this point too. Like if I I come home with another plant, my husband is going to lose his mind. (laughs) I know mine kind of, I don't have that many and I I do keep them in one space, like in our like sunroom area. So like, they're not all (laughs) over my house, (laughs) but um, yeah, my husband was like, so what's happening with this? (laughs) Why do I, Right. Why is there another one tonight? I'm like, I don't know. I, he was a cute guy. I'm like, he's like a guy. I'm like, yeah, he's I, he's a cute guy. I'm bringing him yeah. home. Like, I know. Yeah. So I did not think I was going to talk about this today, but we have this one plant. Well, we, I have this plant. Yes. I came home and for some reason it's like payday. I'm like, I, I deserve a new plant. So I go mm-hmm. and sometimes it's on a milestone or whatever, but I got this one and I don't know if you've ever seen one, but um, it had its leaves kind of down when I bought it. And then the next or that evening, they were all kind of up. And I was like, oh, I was like, he doesn't like this home. <laughs> like, I've upset him. And I immediately <laughs> think like, you know, of course, overthinking. Right. But you come to find something. out. Yeah. Come to find out it's called like a praying plant. Mm-hmm. And it the leaves go during up. The day. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, my gosh. So now mm-hmm. he thinks I'm a whole nother level of woo-woo because I'm like, shh, the plant is going to sleep. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> I've lost well, it's it. It's funny because I, so I was away last weekend um, with my girls. We went down with my mom to visit my grandmother who actually turned 99. Oh my gosh. And yeah, we went down to North Carolina for her birthday and there are some amazing like gem rock stores. And it's a very like, you know, eclectic artsy um, bluegrass kind of area where we yes. went to and, and there's really fun shops and stuff. And I talked to my husband on the phone. He's like, so what are you guys doing today? And I'm like, oh, we're just going to go, you know, check out some rocks, go gem mining. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I honestly was in my glory. I'm like, I found pyrite. Like I was so excited. Um, so and my good. kids love it, but like, I'm such a science dork anyway, that I was like, we're going to spend all day here and just play yes. with rocks. <laughs> I love that so much. And my grandmother was like, what, what are you doing? Like, I know. I know. Some, but, some um, of us get it. We get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys get it. All right. My sweet friend, one last question. So I want to know, oh gosh, I might've lied. I want to know what's next. What's next okay. on your agenda? And you don't have to have an answer, but if there's things you want to be working on, maybe it's more writing, maybe it's a project, maybe it's just living, you know, mm-hmm. share whatever you want. And then I'd also love for you to give one piece of advice to a listener that might be sober curious or, or testing the waters. Okay. Um, so What's next for me, I'm, I'm in that place of figuring that out. I'll give you a little snippet of what I think. I really am having the travel bug, like mm. so much. I have the last couple of years, um, but I'm really, I'm at a place now where I feel like we actually might be able to do some traveling, um, you know, with my family and slash, I want to travel places with just girlfriends um, yeah. and not with children. <laughs> um, so I've got a bunch of things that I want to do on that. I actually, I spent some time in my early twenties overseas and I miss that. And I feel like that feels like a different lifetime. Like, um, and I just, that was one time in my life prior to now where I really felt empowered with making my own choices and finding my own path. And, you know, I had to, I was whatever I was backpacking or traveling in a, you know, in a different country and foreign languages and different kinds of money and all that stuff. Like it forced me to do that. And I just, I think I surprised myself at the time with how much I loved it and how capable I was. Um, and I miss that. So I definitely want to get back to some major travel. Um, I also have a big project 
brewing that I've kind of put pause on in the last month or so, because I've done some little outskirt projects, um, both science writing and then this parents thing. But um, I have a larger book project that I'm working on with a bunch of other moms. Um, and I know you already know about it, <laughs> um, but it's about motherhood and it's about changing the perspective on motherhood and, um, you know, empowering mothers and um, looking at ways that, you know, current day moms can make choices that may seem, you know, not mainstream and they may seem a little radical to some, but to others, like they know that it's really what's going to um, flip the switch in terms of being able to be better mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, just be happier in being able to parent better and more efficiently. So I'm looking for, um, a literary agent right now for that. I'd love, love, love for it to be like a published book. Um, yeah. I may end up self-publishing it if I don't find an agent, but I think I can find one. I think I have to just tweak a couple of things, um, and, you know, move on from there. So that's kind of the bigger writing piece. And I, I mean, my youngest is actually in kindergarten now, so I do feel like, I have some more time to, you know, to do this and also pursue like more full-time writing. Um, So I'm kind of looking at some other, I usually do freelance and now I'm kind of like, maybe I want to do something that's more full-time and not so spotty. Um, So yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's a little overwhelming because it's like, it's the first time in 10 years that I've actually had this open slate to say, how do I really want to fill it and not just Mm -hmm. hodgepodge. Um, But yeah, so that's where I'm at. But I'll keep you posted. I know. know. It's like, I'll keep you posted. I need to set my alarm and write at night. Maybe that'll help my writing. I'm telling you, you should try it. That's honestly (laughs) when like the world is quiet and it's like, it just comes out, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I find when I try to write during the day in between picking kids up or walking the dog or answering phone or doing laundry, like I can do it, but it feels way more forced. Um, And I'm also someone like, I don't know about you, but like recently I've been way more sensitive to noise and like, um, I get super distracted with all of the noises of the day. So I kind of like to just go about my day and be busy with everybody else being busy. And then when I really want to focus on the creativity piece, I think it needs to be more quiet. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing at night. Um, that's how I did the journal. It was all at night. I mean, Oh really? Yep. It was put the kids to bed, say goodnight to the husband and then there was nothing to do, Mm -hmm. you know, so I could see that. Um, Okay. So I'll, so one little suggestion or piece of advice that I can give you. um, So one of the things that stuck out to me, and I I put this in like a, an Instagram post and somebody else um, created the image for it, but it just said, this is all temporary. Mm -hmm. And what I wrote was um, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, the impermanence of life as we know it. Things have been really, really heavy in the world. And I'm trying to shift my perspective and outlook and be more positive, productive, and conscious with my time and efforts. Um, And I see this as me evolving to closer who I truly am. So I think that's a big piece of this is that this is temporary. And if you're in a place that you're struggling, just know that, you know, it's it's a moment in time and our lives are so big and so great and so long. Um, and there's so many aspects of us that I think you know, like we really do evolve in our lifetime so much. Like mm-hmm. I even look at my own parenting now and just how it's evolved in the last year and a half that I've been not drinking and just how different mm-hmm. it is. So I think like, just don't be afraid to take that first step because where you are, if it's uncomfortable or if it seems overwhelming or daunting, um, it's a temporary moment. And then you truly will move through that. And I think it's mm-hmm. that like, initial step that's so hard for so many of us it is for me anyway that's like 
I get caught up in worrying about so much about that initial step that then I don't do it, you know, or it makes the process so miserable because I've just created such a, you know, angsty situation that really doesn't have to be like that. Um, If you let yourself have a little bit of grace and you say like, okay, like even if this is hard, it's not going to be that long. And then you get through it. It's like on what's on the other side is so much better. Um, And you can, you know, you can really have more control over what you're making it once you take that first step. Yeah. So yeah. if you're sober curious, <laughs> um, you know, you can be curious. I was curious for a while. It's not like it's a one day thing and you're committed. It definitely, I think everyone's on their own timeline, but also don't let that keep you, you know, in a stuck space. Like let, you know, let that be more of like an encouraging thing for you yeah. um, to move forward because what's in front of you is so much better. So much um, better. Yeah. And I know you, you agree with that for sure. So. I do so much good on the other side. Mm -hmm. So much good. Definitely. Oh, Lori, thank you so much. I mean, so many fun little things we were able to talk about. And thank you for sharing some of your writing. (laughs) I know. I don't even know how I'm going to summarize this. I I don't know. Plants and writing and momming and oh my gosh, all the things. I know lots of things, but I really appreciate you having me. And I just love love talking with you because I feel like I get you and vice versa. So like, I feel like if I'm talking sometimes and I'm like, I hope this makes sense to her. And you're like, yeah, I'm good. Yep. Like I got it. Yeah. I'm feeling it. So that's, it's always so great (laughs) to feel like you have that connected piece. So absolutely. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate it. I'm honored to have you on. Um, one last thing, if people want to get in contact with you, read some of your work, you know, message you, uh, where can they reach you? How do they get a hold of you? Um, Not your you, phone number, but I mean, yeah, yeah, Instagram no. handle. <laughs> What's your home so, address? <laughs> I know, right? Um, my Instagram is um, sober.empath.mama. Um, and you can put that in your like show notes if you want to share I will. with people. I will. Um, and my article in parents is out there right now. So if you go to the homepage and you search up sobriety, it'll probably pop up um, because there's not many pieces in there about sobriety. Um, so I'm thrilled that they're including it. Yeah. Um, I'll link a, I'll, I'll add a yeah, link if you to link the article as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a great piece. Um, it's titled how sobriety helped me become a better mom. Correct. Yep. Yep. I love it. That's it. And I'm in Sober Mom Squad and I'm going to be hosting on Sundays. So if anyone out there is interested in, um, you know, checking Sober Mom Squad out, they have the free meetings during the week and um, it's just a wonderful community. I think actually the Facebook group is also free. I um, so. Yeah. So there's ways to sort of look into that and see if it's a fit for you mm-hmm. um, as well. And it's just been, it's been amazing. It's truly, it's just so cool. I, I just, I think it's so amazing that it actually exists out there. And I, I really have such great friends through the group and I like can't wait to actually meet them in person sometime. <laughs> I know. Maybe. I know. Um, but I just Emily, feel if you're listening, we them. need a retreat, right? I know. We need a-, <laughs> a summer mom's camp. That would exactly. be so fun. Oh. So. All right, you. Well, I'm going to let right. you go. Thank you yes. again for being here and No problem. Thanks I so much. I can't wait. All right, bye. All right, take care. If you'd like to learn more about the show or make a donation, you can head over to decidedlydry.com. If you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is to subscribe and to leave an awesome rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. It's sure been a treat spending this time with you. And just remember, if the only thing you did today was stay sober, you are winning. I'll see you next time.